Hey everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances, but they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. We will also have a segment, what I call Anchor Coaching, We'll all answer your questions about what to do and how to stand strong in a storm and give some practical helps on how to navigate that. And we'll also be talking about just some fun things like staying sane, how to keep our sense of humor, how to stay distracted, so to speak, from the heaviness of the storm. And so hopefully that will be an encouragement to you as well. So I am your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I am so glad you are here. So great to be with you today. And as you know, when we are not interviewing a guest, I am sharing what I like to call anchor thoughts with you. And so I am looking forward to some things that I've been praying about, that I've been asking God, and just looking to see what what should we talk about today. And so I just want to kind of pick up where Edie Melson, my good friend Edie, last week shared about you know, how do we take care of our soul in a storm? How do we keep above water, right? Keep a lightheartedness. How do we find rest even when we're in the midst of a storm? And she shared some really creative ways we can do that. She has a great book called Soul Care When You're Weary. And that talks about ways that you can incorporate that kind of soul care into your life using creativity. And so I decided to practice what she shared with us last week. And I invited my granddaughter, my five-year-old granddaughter, to come over because she decided that her teddy bear needed some jammies. So she came over and we went through my fabric scraps of other jammies that I've made that were leftovers that we've made for her cousins. And she picked out something that she loved and I began to, you know, help her learn how to sew. Now, of course, you know, a five-year-old can only help you do so much, but we just had a great time together, just talking and sharing and just, it just brought back so many memories for, for me of how my grandmother spent time with me, teaching me these skills. And I tell you, it was just so refreshing to me. And when I dropped her off after the end of the afternoon, I just remember thinking, I could do this all day long. I mean, it was just such a breath of fresh air for me. And it just reminded me how much I need to take time to use the creativity that God has given me to make sure that I'm building that into my life because this is a hard season. It's a hard season for many of us. We don't know when it's going to end. It seems like it's going on forever. We just get a little bit of dip in the action and then we're back up again. And I, you know, I just more than ever, we need to make sure that we're holding tight in the boat to Jesus and asking him what are ways that we can feed our soul and take care of our soul and make sure that we have places of rest so that we remain healthy and sane during this time. And so I just wanted to talk about a little bit this week in that is one of the things that can be such a struggle when we're in a storm, when we're in a really difficult season, 
is that our minds can run wild, right? Our thoughts can just run rampant all over the place, our anxiousness. And if we're not careful, that can lead us to a downward sp spiral of being negative and critical and just focusing on all the negative things that are happening in the midst of the storm. And I don't know about you, but I'm finding this when I'm out in public and when I'm seeing people react and I'm just so want to be so careful how I react to people because there is such anxiousness and such a tension that it's just easy to spill out. And I was actually in a store picking up something and I was on my way out and on my way out, I saw a customer at the customer service desk and they were just reaming out this poor teenager. He probably was 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. And I just hung around for a little bit because I, I just was one and my mama bear kicked in and just wanted to, to just step in and say, wait a minute, you know, this poor guy, he's just doing what he can do. And please don't take out your frustration on this young man. But anyway, things got calmed down and I left the store, but you know, it's just, we're all on edge. And I think that's what happens when we, if we're not careful, our thoughts can just run wild. And then, you know, we begin to act on our thoughts and our behaviors. And then we act like people like, we're normally not like this, but I think it's just all the stress and the tension that's building up. And so how do we take care of our thoughts then? How do we make sure that they don't run wild like a wave that's like a tsunami wave that's coming over and just, you know, we can't get a hold of it. And I think there's, you know, these three scriptures I'm going to share with you this morning, uh, today or this morning, this afternoon uh, with you, whether you're listening in the morning or the afternoon or the evening have really helped me. They're common scriptures. You probably know them. But one of the things 2 Corinthians 10.5 says is that we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So we have to take our thoughts captive. When they come in, we don't have control over thoughts that come into our minds. But what we do have control over is whether we're going to act on them, whether we're going to think on them more, whether we're going to go down that path until we're just the point of no return. And so scripture says that we're to take every thought captive. And then Romans 12, 2 said, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so if we don't want to have our thoughts running wild, right, and we want to be transformed, we want to be different people, we are going to have to work at renewing our mind. And again, the reminder, we need to hold fast to God's word. We need to be in his word. We need to let it soak in us and make sure that we're reading and studying and getting in there more than ever before. I think, you know, now it's just so important. And even if it's just a scripture or two a day, you know, that we're hanging on to, I know that I'm trying to be faithful to do that, to get connected because I'm not, you know, we're not going to church. We're not having Bible studies per se, but joining something, there's lots of great things, lots of great 30-day devotionals, um, concepts that we can hang on to, and just being in the Word every single day to make sure that we're hanging on to renewing our minds in Jesus. And then the last verse is Philippians 4.8, you know, which talks about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, you know, think on these things or dwell on these things, one of the translations says. And so, that word dwell means, you know, you're going to camp out there a little bit more. So if we camp out 
on negative thoughts and what's going to come out is going to be negative. But if we, if we dwell on what's good, what's pure, what's right, you know, what, what we know to be true about God and what he says about us and what he, what he says about he's in control, he's sovereign, that he has this, this not, nothing in our lives takes him by surprise, that he has the storm, he gets you. And, and so when we dwell on those things, then that will stop those raging thoughts that would come in and seek to just kind of overtake us. And so, you know, we got to take our thoughts captive, right? We got to make sure the minute those thoughts get in the door, that we slam the door, right? Like you wouldn't let an intruder in your house. I mean, well, intruders are to me like mosquitoes, right? Spiders. When I see them, I slam the door. I'm not going to let that spider get in there and start building some big old web and, and, you know, overtaking my house. I hate spiders. And this is the same thing with our thoughts, right? We want to take them captive. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We want to make sure that we're dwelling on things that are good and true and noble and pure, as the scripture says. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's a kid's movie, and it's called uh, Taming, Taming Your Dragon. I think Tame the Dragon, Taming Your Dragon. I think that's what it's called. And it's a DreamWorks movie, I believe. And, you know, in the movie, there's this, this darling little boy who he's a Viking and all the Vikings have been fighting these dragons their whole life, but he gets close to this, this dragon, but you know, he's kind of wild. And so he makes it his mission to tame this dragon and to, to understand, to know that he can tame this dragon and bring it under control. And so that's when our thoughts are running wild, they're like, you know, it's like a dragon, they're running wild and we need to tame that. And so I was just talking about this with a group of writers in relationship to writing, how important it is to tame those dragons in our life when we're wanting to write productively. If we don't do that, we're not going to be effective writers. We're not going to know how to write. And this applies the same with us. And I just want to share what I shared with them is first I talked about how we have to tame our inner critic, right? We have to tame our inner critic. We have to tame the voices and the tapes that keep going over and over that keep speaking against what God says about us in his word. You know, things like, I'll never be good enough. I just can't do this. Uh, my life is going to be a, a wreck for the rest of my life. We'll never get over this. Whatever it is, we have to learn how to tame that inner critic. And part of that is doing exactly what I talked about earlier is taking those thoughts captive is we to tame our inner critic. The other thing I talked about is actually taming your calendar. When we are so busy that we don't have any breaths in between our busyness, we don't have, have the time. We don't take the time to have time to reflect and to give ourselves a chance to breathe. And so, and I was talking about this as a writer, you know, if you want to make time for writing, you have to make it a priority. And the same thing I think holds true. You know, if we want to be able to tame our thoughts, we have to make it a priority. It's not just going to happen because our normal self, human self automatically can digress to the negative because we have so much negative in our world today. And I mean, all you have to do is open social media, turn on the news, 
you know, go out in public and there's a lot of negative things happening and that could just fall on us. So we have to make sure that we're taming our calendar to make sure that we're making time to be able to replace that negativity that we're hearing and kind of wash it off of us. You know, kind of like when your car's dirty, you want to wash the dirt off so you can really see what your car's like. Well, if we're walking around and we're taking in all these messages and sometimes it's not by our own choice, sometimes they're just out there and we just hear them, but then we start dwelling on them. You know, we have to make time to wash those things off. And that means bringing them before God, talking it through and just having him help us with that. So taming your calendar, taming your inner critic. And then the last one I talked about was taming outside voices. Taming those outside voices that would speak over you, speak truth that goes against God's truth that doesn't line up with scripture, or, you know, taming the outside voices that have just become louder and louder during this time. And this is so, so important. And, you know, I think all of us can look back over our life at one time or another and, and just identify outside voices that have really damage the way we see ourselves and the way that we, or not just the way we see ourselves, but even from taking a step of faith, from doing something that we feel that maybe our sense that God is asking us to do. And we've allowed those outside voices to kind of ramble over us so that we haven't been able to believe God. And, you know, I think of the story of Moses and when Moses was out in the wilderness, you know, he was raised in Egypt under the Pharaoh, and then he went to the wilderness and because of a series of circumstances, and he was just out there, you know, herding sheep. He had had a palatial life, you know, all kinds of privilege, and now he was a shepherd out in the wilderness, and that's when God spoke to him. When he was the most beaten down and probably broken, um, God spoke to him and said, I want you, I've chosen you to go and rescue my children from Egypt, the children of Israel. I want you to be the leader. And, you know, Moses, you know, I'm sure that when God was speaking to him, he probably heard all of those outside voices that had been spoken to him, all the things that happened to him in the series of circumstances when he had to leave Egypt and that he had failed and that he, he actually, he, he murdered someone. He had failed. He ran away from, from all of that. And, you know, just being confronted with his own birthright, knowing that he really was an Egyptian, but that he was a Hebrew, all the confusion, and I'm sure all those things. And that's why he argued with God, God, don't pick me, pick someone else. But God was insistent saying that he knew that Moses was the chosen one that he wanted to use. And so if Moses hadn't tamed that out, those outside voices, if he had only believed that and not listened to God, just think, I mean, you know, lots of things would not happen if we if we don't take our step of faith if we don't tame those outside voices and let me i just want to close with this little story with you about an outside voice that has been haunting me for many 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 years and i've dealt with it over and over again at different junctures and it just seems in this season it is just it's just popped up again. And I don't know what else to say. I think God deals with us gently. And, you know, my mom, my mom's story, my, 
the, one of the outside negative voices in my life, not all the way, I want to be careful here, has been my own mom's story. And, and some of the things that my mom spoke over me because of her own brokenness really impacted me and really left an imprint on me and my view of myself and my ability to actually move forward. And I've, I've worked really, really hard at that. And, and I know God has brought a lot of healing to my life in that. And the one gift, the biggest gift that my mom gave to me, even in, even in her own brokenness and was that even though that she had struggled with this with me, the one thing that she did push me towards, which I'm so grateful for, is pushing me towards God. She pushed me towards Jesus to know that he was the only one that could understand me and know me. And, and so, you know, I hold on to that. And, but it was hard, you know, I, because of my mom's own struggles, you know, she didn't, as I've shared with you before, she didn't really get me. Well, so all of this has come up in the last two weeks, I felt like God has just put his finger on because it's been two and a half years since my mom passed away. And I, and I guess I've just been too busy. I've just stuffed everything down and just felt like I haven't really grieved. And also I just felt like there wasn't anything else to deal with. Like there wasn't anything I can do. I can't change anything. I can't change what happened. She's not here any longer. And you know, I just have to trust God and let go. And, you know, and that works for a while if that's where God leads you. And he, he's led me to that place. But some things have been triggered lately about that. And I just felt, okay, it's time. And I've had a couple of resources that I know I needed to pay attention. And I just felt like God said, you need to go through this. You need to go through this. You need to work through this. And I'm going to walk you through this. And so yesterday or Sunday, I was sitting out. Yeah, yesterday was Sunday. Yes, yesterday was Sunday. I was sitting out on the deck and all of a sudden I, you know, I'd been praying and I was working through some of these mom triggers. I'm following this book, this great book by Debbie Alsdorf. It's called Momplicated, which has great thought provoking questions. In fact, when I looked at it, I've had this book for two years, two, year, two years ago, I read the first chapter and I said, I can't do this right now. I'm just not going to do this. And it just was too, too hard. And so as I was sitting on the deck, here I am two years later, going through these same questions that I had looked at two years ago and just praying through them, answering them, trying to lean in and listen to God. All of a sudden, I heard this music, this music that reminded me when I was a child of an ice cream truck coming down my street. So and I listened for a little bit. And I thought, is that an ice cream truck? I can't believe that's an ice cream truck. I have never heard that in this neighborhood before. So I got up and I ran out to the street and sure enough, down the road was an ice cream tr truck. And the funniest thing happened to me. I started crying. I, I don't even know I, what, why I was crying in the moment. I'll share with you. I do know now why later. And so I just thought, I just stood there and I watched that truck. And so I, I ran back in the house. I got some money and I thought, I'm just going to get a treat. So I ran out there. And the more as I started waiting for them to come towards the end of the block where I was standing, waiting, I just realized I really felt like God whispered into my heart. I love you, Cynthia. I love you. Since you were a child, I loved you. And whatever you feel like your mom couldn't give you or accept you or that you don't feel like you're enough, 
that you could never please and you could never was enough. I love you just the way you are. Just like that little child when you were small, standing by the ice cream truck, I wanna give you so much more than just ice cream. I wanna give you so much more than the biggest treat you could ever imagine. And as I stood there taking it in, then she came and I thought, oh, okay, I gotta pull myself together, I got my treats. And I came back to the house and I shut the door and I just started crying. I just started crying because I thought, God, you are such a good God. You are so amazing. You know, he knows I'm a visual person and I connect my reflections with memories oftentimes and because I'm creative. And God sought in my seeking him yesterday, my obedience in seeking him to work through some of these things, to have him uncover to send me a tangible reminder through a something so simple that he loved me. And then I remembered when I was standing out on the street too, Psalm 71, which says, for you have been my confidence since my youth from birth, I have relied on you. And God has used that verse over and over in my life uh, before uh, for a number of other stories I don't have time to go into. But he brought that verse, for you have been my confidence since my youth. Like God was saying, I've been with you your whole life. I've never stopped loving you. I'm never going to stop loving you. And we're going to get through this. So can I remind you, friends, I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what difficulty you're having. But can I just encourage you that when we tame those thoughts from running away by leaning into God and letting him speak to us, he will surprise us. He will surprise us. And just like he surprised me yesterday with that ice cream truck, I promise you, he will surprise you as well and remind you in a tangible way that he is near to you. And so it's just really important to remember that part of, you know, when we're in a storm, taking care of ourselves is to make sure we're taking care of our mind too, and that we're practicing the things that God is asking us to practice so that we can keep a, or keep a God perspective, keep a perspective to know that full of hope right so that we don't lose our hope and so i hope that was encouraging uh to you today and so now i just want to move into a time of anchor coaching and i had a question that came in a few weeks ago and this person asked how do you encourage your spouse to pursue biblical counseling how do you encourage your spouse to pursue biblical counseling? Now that's, that's a really great question, but it's also a tough question. And I would say that if you are in a place in a relationship in your marriage and you really want to have some help in your marriage and your husband is, or your wife is not willing to, to go with you, you know, if you're, if you're the man and you want to go and your your wife says no i don't want to do this and if you're the wife and you want to go and your husband says no i don't think i want to do this and puts you in a tough spot but here here's my encouragement to you my encouragement to you would be 
that you start going yourself, that you go yourself and you can ask them a few times, tell them how it's important to you. You wish you could go together, what you're learning. Uh, but you know, we can't make someone do something, right? You just can't. And in a marriage, you can. And oftentimes in a marriage, when there's, you know, you know, you would like to think that would be helpful sometimes, oftentimes, um, the wife wants to go before the husband. I know that was true when Kevin and I went through our difficult season over 10 years ago. It was difficult. It was really, really difficult. So I went first. <laughs> I just decided that I knew that I needed some help for me because I was only responsible for myself. I'm not responsible for the other person. And so I knew that if I went that, um, that that would be a good thing for me. And I just kept praying and kept praying that um, Kevin would want to do this as well. And so that's, you know, I don't know if that's very helpful to you. You can encourage it, I would say, mention it a few times. You know, nagging doesn't do anything or, you know, picking up books or pamphlets and sticking it in front of them, you know, next to their favorite reading spot or by the television, hoping that they'll pick it up and read it. I'm not so sure that's a great idea either um, but you know just being gentle about it and praying about it and if you go before they do and you know just maybe say can I share with you some things that I learned and I'd really love for you to go with me sometime would you just think about it and then just leave it there right don't keep coming back to it and you know nagging you know pushing 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 that's not going to help at all because you want two willing partners hopefully to go into a situation to get some biblical counseling so i hope that's helpful to you um and be sure and send in your questions i'd love for our anchor coaching time you can send you can email me at cynthia at cynthiacavanaugh.com that's cynthia at Cynthia Cavanaugh, and that's spelled C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H dot com. And I'd be happy to share your question and talk about it on our Soul Anchor podcast here. I'd love to do that. The other thing I want to talk to you about is, is just the book giveaways that I have a couple of books. We've had a couple of guests that have had books I love to give away and you know I've just started this podcast so I'm kind of new learning about it so you've been so patient with me but I just haven't you know given these away just yet but we've had uh, Carol and Jean Kent were, were uh, one of my first guests uh, several weeks ago and so if I'm still I'm going to open this up for another week and then I'll cut it off uh, next week on the 21st for these two uh, giveaways. Um, Carol and Jean Kent wrote a book with Cindy and David Lamperts, Lambert, Staying Power, Building a Stronger Marriage When Life Sends Its Worst. It was a great podcast. I just love interviewing them. So if you want to visit my Facebook page, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and you can find the meme that has the picture of them where the interview was and just post a comment or say, I'd love to have their book or something in there and just post on there. And then I will put you in a drawing and I will draw next week and I will contact you for that. And I'm also gonna do the same thing for Edie Melson. We had her on last week, Soul Care When You're Weary. We'll give it one more week. And if you um, post something in the Facebook group, uh, not group, excuse me, the Facebook page, you can easily find her 
the picture with her picture on it and the meme there and post in the comments there and I'll do a drawing and we will send it out to you. You could also either go to my Instagram account as well, Cynthia Kavanaugh. You'll, it's probably easier to find uh, those pictures on there and just make a post and I will put your name in a drawing and I will draw and then I'll contact you if you're the winner and I will send these out to you. I'd love to have the opportunity to send that to you. So thanks so much again and I'll look forward to our next time to sharing some anchor thoughts with you. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Soul Anchor. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. That's thesoulanchor.com to receive the show notes and resources to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing or sharing this podcast, or maybe even all three? I'd be ever so grateful. Until next time. Remember, you are not alone, God is for you, and you will get through this.